following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! And away we go. I hope everybody's having a good week. Welcome to the Bob Matthews Podcast, everybody. Oh, man. All right. This is it. Big, big game for the Commanders. Heading on up to New York here uh, in just a few hours. Huge game with the Giants this week. Washington comes in 7-5. and five. Giants 7-4. and four. If you are plugged in, if you have been paying attention this week, if you haven't, here's the deal. And it's yeah, 538.com and so many other statistical websites have it out there that Washington's chances go up to about 80% if they beat the Giants this week when it comes to playoff probability. That's how big a deal this is. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we got a real treat for you. We're going to talk with defensive tackle John Ridgway. Uh, about, uh, we're going to talk to him not just about the Giants, but uh, how he got to the DMV and became a pretty integral part of this defensive line. I've been saying it for a while, but the biggest thing about this line, one of the reasons I think it's as good as it is this year, is because of depth and you might, you know, remember, boys and girls, when we were talking at the beginning of the season, depth was a big, big, big question mark. Matt Ioannidis released, Tim Settle, free agent, gone to Buffalo, and then Fedarian Mathis, you know, injures his knee early in the season, and that's when John, that's when Ridgeway got picked up off of waivers from Dallas, and lo and behold. John Ridgway has been a revelation. It's those late-round guys that are always the difference between good teams and really good teams. And even before, you know, the suplex the other week in Philadelphia, I mean, John Ridgway had, has been doing a job this year, uh, stuff in the run, and that's what they needed him for because, you know, you want to rotate Deron Payne and, and – and John Allen and Montez Sweat and, you know, James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill on the other end, you want to keep rotating them in and out. And, you know, Ridgeway has been a big part of why, you know, he takes up space there. He doesn't, he doesn't get moved out of the hole. It takes a couple of guys to block him. If that's the case, that leaves, uh, that leaves somebody like Painter Allen one-on-one, and we know what those guys can do when they're blocked just one-on-one. So uh, it'd, be, uh, it'd be really cool to uh, talk to him, and uh, thanks to the commanders for setting this up. Also got to have a little bit of caps for you uh, in the second segment. Uh, all that ahead as the Capitals uh, look to go to Calgary on Saturday night for a game with the Flames after a tough, tough uh, overtime loss 
to the Seattle Kraken Thursday night. All right, back to Ashburn, though. Let's go inside the locker room. All right, the last time we heard from Ron Rivera was yesterday. Uh, Thursday is the last day of the week uh, that he meets with the media. Uh, The big news on the injury front is that Chase Young has been upgraded to questionable this week. It'll be a game-time decision. That is per Ron. That's an improvement, I guess, from last week because he was, at this point, officially out. Uh, Antonio Gibson also questionable this week. Trey Turner is out. Benjamin St. Juiced is out. So you're most likely going to see you're going to see Sam Cosme uh, playing guard in place of Turner and you keep Cornelius Lucas in there uh, at right tackle and have Cosby play right guard. The significance obviously of whether Chase Young plays or not and the big speculation around it is the turf at uh, at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands. You know, people say it's it's not conducive if you're coming off an injury, there are if not problems with it, it's different than some of the other fields that you play on. And Rivera was asked about that yesterday and was a bit cagey and uh, talked around it other than saying if Chase is good to go, uh, the turf won't be a factor. Well, well that won't – yeah, if he's available, that, that that's not going to be a okay. concern. But, you know, the thing about about the turf, and I think the thing that people got to understand is, you know, the the all the turfs are different. They, they really are. There, there are some that – you know, as far as the grass are concerned, some are are, 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 are sand-based, some are, are long-rooted, some are short-rooted. And so they're all going to react differently, and you've just got to understand that. But big part of it, too, is wearing the right shoes, you know, making sure that, you know, you, there's a guy that tells the players that based on their size, based on their position and their weight, this is the type of shoe they should wear for that type of surface. And so, you know, you would hope guys kind of follow that. Um, that's one thing that could help limit some of those things. Uh, that happen. Um, I do know MetLife is a little different type turf, and and it's a little softer, so um, the shoe reacts a little differently. And and so, again, wearing the right equipment is important. I think what that says to me is I think Chase Young is going to play on Sunday, but don't expect to see him a lot. If he gets 10 to 12 snaps in the game, I think that would be a lot for him. You know, you you got to crawl before you can walk, and it's just another step uh, on the rehab process. So here's the situation for you as they go up to the Meadowlands. Washington's the seventh seed right now. The Giants are the sixth seed. Right behind them, you've got the Seahawks that are sitting there at, is it six and six? Six and five. So Seattle's sitting there at six and five. After that, you've got, these are the, these, these eight teams have kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack. I'm talking about the four division leaders right now and then Dallas, New York and the Commanders. After C- and Seattle. After Seattle uh it's it it's going to take a lot, you know. Atlanta's sitting there at 5 and 7, Detroit's sitting there at five, at 4 and 7, the Packers uh, 4 and 8, the Rams 3 and 8, Arizona 4 and 8. I mean, do any of those teams you know, if you start going that way then you got then you know you can include Carolina and New Orleans there as well. Does anybody think that that one of those teams is just going to get on a run the rest of the year? Because I sure as hell don't. I, it's basically between those four teams for three wildcard spots, Washington, the Giants, and Dallas. Now, if 
the Ra- if the Seahawks go down to L.A. and lose to the Rams, which I guess is possible, but I'm not expecting it, then that gives Washington a little bit more breathing room. In fact, uh, if the Commanders lose and then Seattle loses late, Washington's still the seventh seed as you go to the as they hit their bye week. Uh, but it, it just changes so much if if they win this game. If 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 the Commanders get to eight and five, then next week they sit at home and basically can watch the carnage from there with everybody else. The Giants are going to lose to Philadelphia. I, I think we're all fairly confident about that. Yeah, I know. Any given Sunday, yada, yada, yada. The 49ers should beat Tampa. And again, uh, on week week 14, the Bucks are winning that division. I don't think anybody's coming out of that division. So you're not, you know, and there's, there's no reason really to think that San Francisco is going to go into some sort of a free fall. I think they're really, really hot right now. Dallas will beat Houston next week. And so, and then, you know, you've got, um, and Seattle has got Carolina. So even if the Seahawks win that game, um, even if they win the next two weeks, again, if the Commanders win this week, worst that can happen, absolute worst that can happen is they are, they drop down to the seventh seed. And then after that, they could conceivably be playing not to clinch a playoff spot in week 15 but get pretty darn close. If they were to beat the Giants, if they sweep the Giants, they're 9-5, and five, the Giants are 7-7. Seven and seven. Just in that narrow, you know, looking at that narrow path there, the Giants would have to win out. But when you project out, again, to Week 15, and again, this is going with the chalk, the 49ers, you figure, would beat, Seattle that week so that leaves Seattle at eight and six am I right there at eight and six did I forget them the week before I did not Uh, I've got them let me make sure yeah I've got them week 13 14 and 15 so if they're at eight and six and and Washington's at nine and five and then you've got the Giants who are free falling at at seven and seven the Giants then uh, week 16 are going to have the Vikings they close with the Vikings, who are going to be, you know, playing possibly to try and get home field advantage. Um, then they've got the Colts, and then Week 18 they play the Eagles again. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe they win one. I, I seriously doubt it. Seven and seven, they win two out of their last three, much less three straight. So, you know, again, nine and five. Gets Washington just incredibly close to uh, to the seventh and final playoff uh, seventh and final playoff berth in the NFC. I mean, at that point, the Giants would have to draw an inside straight just to uh, just to try and, and knock them out. They'd have to win. They'd have to win out. I'm pretty sure they would have to win out. Yeah, yeah, they would. The Giants would have to if the Giants are seven and seven, they would have to win out, which would mean beating Minnesota week 16, beating the Colts doable week 17, and then week 18 uh, beating an Eagles team. And again, could that be doable week 18? Yeah, you would figure that Philadelphia would probably be resting some people because in all probability they would have 
clinch the the number one seed in the first round by at that point. But you never know. I mean, if 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 Minnesota or San Francisco was pushing them at that point, then they may have to play. So again, get to nine and five, and you are sitting really really pretty. If you're the Commanders, let's see if they can do it. He has one of the big reasons why the Washington Commanders defensive line is playing as well as it has been the last six or seven weeks. He is John Ridgway, rookie from the University of Arkansas. He joins us on the guest line now. John, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me on. The pleasure is all ours, sir. I want to start at the beginning of the year, John, um, because it's been kind of a long and winding road for you to get to this point. Uh, you graduate from Arkansas. You helped lead them to the Outback Bowl last year. You're drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the fifth round, and then all of a sudden you get released on September 15th, and you stay unemployed all of two days, and you're here in the nation's capital and becoming an integral part of this defensive line. Take me back to those you know, 48 hours there and, and tell me what that was like. Uh, it was just a normal week and ready to – Played the Bengals when I was in the Cowboys, and we just got done with the Saturday practice. And I left, went home, and I got a call saying, "Hey, can you come back? We're about to try and put you on practice squad." I was like, "Oh, all right." And then they told me they were cutting me because I didn't really understand the process at all. And uh, <clears throat> I was a little bummed about it, a little hurt. And then uh, Monday came around around three o'clock, and I got the call saying I was going to be a commander. So I was excited to go somewhere where. I was needed and wanted and be able to be on the 53-man roster and not on the practice squad. So it was like a blessing in disguise for sure, just from uprooting my whole family where we were at and coming out here to Virginia. I think it sure worked out well for everybody involved. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard all of the talk, you know, the national talking heads and those of us in talk radio and everything about the defense and about how the identity of this commander's team this year has become. We're going to play lights out defense, chew up the clock on some time-consuming drives, run the heck out of the ball, and grind people into the ground. When did you guys in the defensive lineman room at least kind of realize that that was the identity that this team was taking on this year? I mean, we always knew that we were a very good group on the D-line. It was just a matter of you know, proving others wrong. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to put us at the bottom of the rankings list and talk about how we're, we get lucky or stuff like that, but we just put our head down and work in the D-line room. So when you walked in that first day or maybe the you know first couple of days, did, did you kind of have the feeling that this group could be a special group this year? Yeah, I knew, like, Alan was here and Payne was here, so – I was really excited to get here and meet them and be able to, like, learn from them and stuff like that just because, I mean, John just came off for Pro Bowl year. and I'm sure Payne is probably going to be looking for one this year. So it was definitely I – was, I was really pumped and excited to come. John, this group is, is so deep on the, on the defensive line. What do you think it is specifically about your skill set, what you do well that blends in? so so effectively with this group i think it's because i command double team so it frees up john and Payne for their one-on-ones to get after the quarterback and get tss 
I guess, uh, John, we, we'd kind of be remiss if we didn't um, if we didn't ask you about the suplex in the Philly game. Um, just kind of uh, take me through that. Well, I mean, did you know that it was be- going to become such a viral moment, you know, after right after it happened? Or was more of the in the heat of the battle type of thing? Oh, no, I wasn't surprised. I figured that it would go viral, honestly, some dude getting put down in football. But I wasn't planning on doing it. It's just, I guess it's kind of like a reflex. I don't know. I mean, Steve kind of like just ran cast and I had a dude behind me. There's no other way to just pick, it, pick him up. So, you know, it was a heck of a wrestling move. I mean, Ric Flair would have would have been proud of it, I think. Did you ever, did you ever do any wrestling in, in, in high school or anything? Uh, no, I really get that from my LARP background, live-action role-play, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Put it to you this way, John, I do now. Now I do. Um, I know that, that Ron and, and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, they're very big on being in the now, keeping your feet, you know, in the present and all that stuff. But when you look ahead to next year and, and the year after, uh, do you look at this defensive line now and say, you know, this really could be the start of a dominant defense for the next few years, and I could be a major part of it. Yeah, I mean, if everybody plays healthy and everyone stays healthy and plays good football, and I mean, nobody gets traded or cut. I think we'd have a good shot to be a really dominant group. All right, let's do a little X's and O's here. Giants Sunday at the Meadowlands. Uh, Without giving away the game plan, what do you do to stop Saquon Barkley and, and Daniel Jones there? I need We need to get penetration on the D-line and make sure that we put a big body on a little guy in the backfield. Amazing. When you focus on the fundamentals like that, how easy it is. John, listen, I, I don't want to keep you. I really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to talk with us. Best of luck this weekend against the Giants. Best of luck the rest of the season as the playoff stretch starts and uh, you guys close in on that playoff bid there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too, John. Again, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, let's catch you up on the caps as the Western Road Trip continues. That's next as the Bob Matthews Podcast rolls on right here on the Hockey and the Pigskin Podcast Network. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team's going to win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 8778 hope ny or text hope ny 
in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 Virginia. 21 and over, 18 and over, New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, select parishes. Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customer offer void in New Hampshire, Oregon, or Ontario, Canada. New customers only, one per customer. Valid, minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Bet must win. $200 issued as $825 free bets. Free bets are non-cashable and cannot be withdrawn. Free bets must be wagered one time and stake is not included in any returns or winnings. Free bets expire seven days after being awarded. Promotional offer ends one fifteen twenty three. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Pawed down by Borgen. That's legal in the defensive zone. A heavy hit, Oshie on Tanev. And play comes to a halt. And a disturbance possibly after that. Johnny Gord's going for Oshie. Taking exception to the hit. LTJ Oshie did want to make a big impression uh, coming back uh, home. First time he's gotten to play in front of the home folks in his career because it's only the second year for the Kraken and he was hurt last year. Capitals drop one in overtime last night, 3-2 to two to Seattle. They don't really gain on Detroit for the final playoff spot because the Red Wings lost in overtime as well, so each team gets a point. Washington now 10-11-4 on the year. They've got 24 points. The Red Wings are in the final playoff spot in the East at the moment at 11-6-5. and Really a shame that they uh, lost that one in OT. Uh, and by the way, it was over, I think, seven seconds in. It's Darcy Kemper let the winning goal in. But again, good game for Darcy Kemper. Uh, two goals in regulation. I mean, you'd take that almost any day of the week. Caps got off to a great start. Uh, got the two goals in the first period, but then weren't able to do anything else in the second and third. Seattle tied it late, and then they won it in overtime. It seems to be a recurring theme for this year's Caps. Good news is that Dmitry Orloff is on this road trip now with the team, and hopefully they're going to be getting him back soon. Uh, and, you know, I, I like this line with with Ovechkin and, and, and Strom and Shiri on it. It seems to be producing for the Caps. I think maybe all of these new players are finally starting to gel. And it's just a case of getting as many of the injured guys back as you can. Hopefully you get Tom Wilson back sometime this month. And maybe after the new year, if we're really lucky, Nicholas Backstrom comes back. But Wilson, I think, is the he and Orlov are the two big ones that you just have to get back here soon. Uh, if if you want to make a run. But, boy, is Peter Laviolette starting to feel, I don't know if he's feeling the heat or he's just frustrated, but he was not having it last night. You get off to the good start, seem to be controlling playing that first period. What changed in the second and third? I didn't like the first. That's just the, the scoreboard was showing 2 nothing. The first and second and third were not, they weren't good enough. So the, the scoreboard said one thing in the first, tried to address it after the first. 
Um, just not enough of the not enough of the good stuff tonight. Not enough of the right things. It seemed like turnovers, puck decisions, everywhere, execution. everywhere. So the whole night, all three periods. Were you, were you at least happy with the? I mean, you, you didn't want to have to there's, defend there's, as much as you there's, did. But there's nothing I'm happy about tonight. From your perspective, what uh, happened on the OT? Uh, they plowed, you know, the face-off went backwards, which was good. They plowed through. It got two guys through, and they popped a puck. Damn! Lavi is not happy. Have to see if uh, he read the team the riot act and how they uh, how they respond Saturday in Calgary. All right, we got to get out of here. Hey, have yourself a great weekend. Commanders, Giants, 1 o'clock uh, Sunday. Uh, Calgary and the Caps. Coming up at 10 o'clock Saturday. Have a good one. Remember, Watchman will chat if you're on your bike tonight. As always, wear white. I've been around for a long, long year. Stole many a man's sword and faith. I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot. Washed his hands and sealed his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. But what puzzling you is the nature of my game. Stuck around St. Petersburg when I saw it was a time. Change killed the saw and its ministers. Anastasia screamed in vain. I rode a tank, held a generous rank when the bliss raged and the bodies stank.